Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I am here with Brosephius, Brosephius Jackius, Jackius, Jackassius. <laughs> <laughs> little Greek, little Greek there for you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jack, what's going on, my friend? Fun times, sir. Fun it's good times. to be with you, my man. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Always a joy getting together. Mm. My my day brightens up a little bit. It's like you know, I leave Everett, and you know, <laughs> you just said it right there. I leave. Everett. I will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess the sentence over. Sentence what? over. But like you know, I come through Tacoma, right? And I kind of get a little grumpy coming through Tacoma because it stinks, and it stinked today. It stunk today. Excuse Ooh, the me. aroma was gone. Oh, it was bad. The really? aroma of Tacoma was out. It was really bad. But then I get here and I hang out with you and we'll get like sandwiches or nachos or, you know, burgers, or burgers anything. or Diet Coke. And, you know, and life is good. Yep. Praise the Lord for his simple graces. Yes. His daily graces. Yes. Which he disp- disposes, dispose, disposes on us. No. Dis- dispenses. What? Dispenses on us. There we go. I don't know. I, d- I don't know what I'm trying to say. Jack, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing really well. Yeah. It's a fun time, as always, here um, in our favorite little spot, in our nook now. We have a new nook. We have a nook. Dude, I and I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's like it's like set away from people, because mm-hmm. up until a couple of weeks ago, we had like um, just kind of been in the open and yeah. were accosted Oof. by many individuals. Well, not, not only that, but then you're like dealing with different TVs, different sounds, competing. Gosh, I remember one ep- one episode. There was two guys like right across from us. Oh, they were so loud. And they were they were super loud. And I'm like trying to think straight and like comprehend a, a good thought. And I'm like, this this pot this episode working. is trashed right now because yeah. I can't yeah. think. To be fair, that's how I feel after most eps that we record. <laughs> so I leave like this episode. It's like anytime I preach a sermon. Just like that sermon was trash, dude. It was it was just trash. You thought that last last uh, this last Sunday when you preached, uh, dude. I always like, I, yeah, I always feel that way. And 
I thank the Lord that I have a wife that's like super encouraging and kind of, you know, brings me back to earth. Yeah. Because I get done with a sermon and I step down from the pulpit and I just feel like that's the worst thing that I have ever preached in my life. And I have no understanding whatsoever how anyone could be at all edified by anything that came out of my mouth in those 30 to 40 minutes. But... Yeah, I uh, was had the blessing of pulpit filling for a yeah. church up in Cedar Woolley, yeah. a, a Redeemer Church actually. Yeah, Reformed Baptist, sixteen eighty nine church. Yeah, uh, really, really cool church, cool people, um, and yeah, yeah, o- always a good time going up there at pulpit fill. So, if any of our listeners ever need a pulpit fill, you're looking for someone who will come in and give your pastor a break. A much needed and deserved break from preaching. Hit me up. I do pulpit fill and speaking and stuff like that. So, there's. Are they going to fly you out though? Just my plug. <laughs> well, yeah, they got to fly me out. But I will say that I am not a greedy Gus. Like, if you pay for that's my true. room and board, and in my flight, like that's all I need. Like, I'll bring my wife. We'll turn it into a little weekend. It'll be awesome. <laughs> that's all I need. So there's my little. There's my little plug. You know, <laughs> trying to. Josh's yeah. pulpit fill services. <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> for, <laughs> incorporated for some reason so we my wife and i were up in canada last week in vancouver and we saw a baptist church called trendy baptist church then we saw an anglican church like two blocks later then two blocks later we see a uh, a lutheran church i'm just like man what is going on in this city church wars Dude, talk about oh! Church I just had an I just had an epiphany. Talk about a reality TV show. Oh my Church gosh. Wars. Did I ever tell you about my video game idea? This is actually going to be a great segue into our topic today. Oh but gosh. I'm going to start. I'm going to start this, dude. I had this idea. I, it, well, it might have come from actually my wife. I think my wife might have had this idea. So I might I might have to give I it to Lauren. I can see your wife having yeah, this idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I have to give it to Lauren. But it's it's a video game. You know how like you have all these games like, you know like. Whether you're like building a base or building a city or building a town, you know, and you got to like keep the people happy, right? And you have to like, you know, build, you know, like reinforce the walls and stuff, y- yeah. you know, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like city building uh, iPhone games, you yeah, know, yeah. mobile games. That for a mega church. You get to like choose <laughs> choose your pastor. Oh my! And, like, gosh. are you going with like the hipster pastor? Are you going with like the seasoned like like baby boomer pastor? You like choose your music, choose your aesthetic, and then you have like little symbols on like the top left of the iPhone to tell you like how satisfied your congregation is. And you know if they're not satisfied, you have to like you know put more resources into those things. <laughs> Josh, this is more real than you think right okay. now. <laughs> okay, yes, I know. Hence, hence the hence the illustration, <laughs> oh right? Gosh. But think about that for a second. Like you could call it ch- like church builder, <laughs> mega church builder, <laughs> uh, mega church mansion. Um, I, w- I like I wanted to think up something like Candy Crush. With no. the church, but I, but I couldn't. <laughs> I tried, no. but I think I think it'd be big. You just have to basically build your mega church, and it's so superficial, and it has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. <laughs> and it, like, can you make a game just off of off of satire? Like people make I'm, satirical oh, yeah. like websites and stuff like that. You like, get, let's you, make a satirical game. You would probably find some sort of niche right there, and get some sort of following. Even if you get the typical evangelical youth group kids doing it, something's going to happen. 
Dude, if we have any listeners that are game developers, <laughs> hit me up because I think this could be big. Big. And you could like roughly base it, like base your 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 character like profiles off of like mega church pastors. <laughs> so you have one that kind of looks like Joel Osteen. Oh you have one that kind of looks like Stephen Furtick. You have one oh. that kind of looks like uh, T.D. Jakes. Oh, no. You know? And then like you can level up your preachers. <laughs> Right, so, wow. like, so yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you start on the bottom as like Rob Bell, okay, <laughs> and then you can like build like like as you gain influence and gain money and people, your church gets bigger and your pastor upgrades. So like, so he goes like, from Rob Bell to Driscoll, <laughs> dude. Driscoll, Driscoll's a DLC. Driscoll is add-on content. You have to pay extra for that. Yeah, you have to. That's it's, the, it's that's called the, the lock content. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's called the it's called the how do, how dare you package. You're gonna sell it as an extra add-on for like twenty nine dollars. It's gonna be amazing. You can like build up to like you know like the top tier is like 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 Benny Hinn or something like that, where you're just like all dressed out in white, or or like Kenneth Copeland, like he like. How many jets do you yeah. own? You know what I'm saying? Oh like, this my could be huge, gosh. dude. I'm telling you, man. It could be big. Huge. Huge. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if anybody's done a satirical <laughs> game build <laughs> development like that. I would be honestly, if you did some sort You'd of You'd buy it. I would I would want to look at the data of like the group think on that and see like hey this is our target audience let's see how you uh you react you could make it co-op oh, and oh like and like have like church wars you know like <laughs> try to like steal congregants oh my gosh Josh this is realer than you think right now this is going on in the south dude in every other city in the dude, south this right is now. like developing in my head as I'm talking <laughs> This is amazing, dude. It, it, dude, it needs to happen. Game developers, if you have anybody, please hit me up. This would be so cool, bro. I think if you pitch this to Ted, I think the Happy Rant would somehow take this and market it and make some money off of it too. That, this is my idea. <laughs> they can't have it. It's my this idea. This is patent pending. This all right, patent pending reformatory okay. game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have conferences and we're gonna have oh mobile games. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Well, Jack. Speaking of um, massive, overly commercialized, oh gosh. no good for anybody, <laughs> churches, quote oh unquote boy. churches. Oh boy. Let's talk about Hillsong. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Let's talk about Bethel. Let's talk about Elevation Church. Or is it Elevation Church? Elevation, Elevation Worship. Elevation Worship. I think yeah, yeah, it yeah. is Elevation Church. Probably. Too, but. Uh, Okay, so we've been, this is one of those topics that <laughs> we have had in the can for a while, <laughs> and I think we finally like grew the cojones to actually just do it, because I want to talk about churches, it's the, the specific topic is churches singing Hillsong yeah. s- songs, Hillsong, Elevation Music, um, what's the other one? Bethel. Uh, Bethel Music. Just that whole genre of the, it's, it's the NAR, right? The New Apostolic Reformation. Just kind of that movement that's going through. I would say, I would say um, Bethel is definitely in that zone. Hillsong is kind of like in and out, in and out, in and out. 
Like they're like kind they of, support it though. Like they, they're all yeah, like. I mean, you you definitely have that, but it is like kind of an instant and unstable kind of <laughs> guilty by association, so to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. I'm grouping them all together. <laughs> Josh ain't this taking is, any prisoners. This is this no, not not in this one. This this one I'm comfy. Normally we don't do that. Normally Jack and I try to be very careful and not blanket statement. And I think we do a good job at that. Um, this is one where, at least me personally, I'm speaking for Josh here, I feel comfortable lumping them together because of the influence that they all have mm-hmm. in modern local churches today. Yeah. Um, you can't really go to any church without, I mean, that's not true. You can throw a stone and hit a church that's playing Hillsong music. Sure. Right. Yeah. Or Bethel music or Elevation church music. I, I forget what it's called. It's, oh, oh, um, something culture. Um, Jesus culture. Jesus culture. Oh that's what it is. That's what it is. I couldn't remember it. Uh, Jesus culture music, right? Um, and we want to do an ep on the local, how the local church should be interacting with specifically those songs, but then kind of the greater idea. Mm. How should we be viewing those organizations and this kind of new apostolic reformation movement just in general, but specifically regarding the music, because you could do an entire series and people have (laughs) on the new apostolic reformation. Oh yeah. Um, You know, uh, Costi Hinn has put an entire book out on it. Like there are people that are much more qualified than us to tackle that beast. Um, Costi Hinn has a great book on it. Um, You can, I think, I don't know if Doc and Devo's done anything. I don't think they have, but um, watch um, uh, American Gospel. Yeah. The yeah. part one and two, fantastic yeah. movies, mm-hmm. like really, really good, really well done. Mm-hmm. That that covers it. But we want to talk specifically about music. Yeah. Um, so let me start off with this. Jack, have you ever been in a church that has sung Hillsong songs? Hillsong songs. That I have, yes. Tell I me w- about that. So, okay, the only real songs that I can say that have had any effect on me whatsoever with Hillsong. I know that may be a strong statement, but really there was only one song in which they did. I think it was like, um, it may be called like In the Name of Jesus or something like that. But basically what they were trying to do is take the Apostles' Creed and make it into some sort of modern hymn worship song, if anything. And they did a pretty good decent job at it i would say and that's okay but the other songs a little bit more appealing to hmm, how should i say this emotion emotion yeah more emotion side of things versus like a uh taking the truths of scripture and actually putting them in the song um so that's something that's different, I guess, with them. Um, but then also to like just in the modern evangelical worship scene, repetition. Yep, getting repetition, that trance going. Yep. Repeti- I'm like, okay, yo. Yep. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Let's repeat that three times um, until you're in a frantic oh, frenzy man. fit, looking like you're having a seizure on the ground. Like with EDM in the background or something. <laughs> You've got Skrillex in the background <laughs> doing his thing. <laughs> Skrillex. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I think I've only heard, I've been a part of 
I've been a part of a couple churches that have done Hillsong, that have done maybe at best, maybe at best, one Bethel song. But when you start to deep dive into that, you're just like, whoa. Um, I don't know if I should do that or not. Primarily because how you view, how we see the culture of those churches primarily and what's going on in them and how there is a culture of flash and celebrity and fame and performance and a show and not more consideration of the actual things that you're singing and actually hearing the people around you sing them to encourage you with them. So those are my two cents on have I been a part of congregations that have sung them and like what do I think about that as well as like how does your congregation even partake in worshiping with those songs accompany your worship yeah and it's important to note as well um, something that has remained consistent with the reformatory and something that we will continue to do is encourage unity in the Christian church where unity is possible. Now we can and do have unity Mm -hmm. with people that are not Calvinists, with people that are not reformed, Mm -hmm. with individuals that go to charismatic churches and believe in sign gifts and things like that. Right. I I know. Oh, I know. Heresy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the hardcore dudes are like saying this right now. I know. But, but if you've listened to the reformatory for any amount of time, you understand this is what we believe because we believe there is primary doctrines that you must believe in order to be a Christian. And if you believe those and you are orthodox in your theology, we can have grace and unity with you. Yeah. Right. Like I have friends that aren't Calvinists. Big shocker. Right. I have friends that uh, believe, you know, in more a charismatic theology than I do and that I'm comfortable with in church. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're talking just baseline. They are brothers and sisters. I consider them brothers and sisters. I'm going to see them in heaven. Right. Yeah. I might not go to the same church as them. Yeah. We are not going to be in leadership together. Right. But they're my brothers and sisters and I love them and I care for them and they're my family in Christ. Right. There is a line. Mm-hmm. that is crossed in the charismatic movement yeah. that goes from orthodox theology, which you can have charismatic theology and still be orthodox. Yep. It is possible. Yep. To what Bethel is doing. Sure. Bethel has and is uh, outside of the realm of orthodoxy yep. in how they view scripture, how they view Christ, uh, yeah, and 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 for those reasons, um, I it is my personal conviction, and I something I would actually encourage uh, other churches to uh, look into as well. Um, I do not believe that they are able to be locked arms with uh, with people who are truly Christian mm. and who want to have their churches remain orthodox <laughs> and teach orthodox theology. Um, I think they're outside the bounds. Mm. Um, and I think they've proven time and time again to be outside of the bounds yeah. uh, in how they uh, interact with uh, their people, things that they say they believe, um, 
their depictions and theology of Jesus, yeah. uh, their their theology of you know, things like healing and gifts and things of that sort. Um, it's it's too far. Yeah, it's too far. It it, it does cross the line, um, and I am not comfortable with linking or locking arms with. Bethel or Hillsong or Jesus Culture or Elevation, you know, uh, you know whatever yeah. it is, anybody that's a part of the the New Apostolic Reformation because of the theology that they promote. Yeah. Now, uh, we're not going to get into all that in this podcast because that's a completely different series. Yeah. Like that's probably a couple episodes of yeah. what the NAR believes. Oh and yeah. I would want to Whew. do a better job at deep diving into that. Um. It's what it's bad. It's bad. It's yeah. <laughs> Just take our word for it. It's bad. Um, we, I want to talk specifically about whether or not churches, the local church, should be supporting Hillsong, mm. supporting Bethel, yeah, yeah, yeah. and supporting Ele- you know Jesus Culture by playing their music. Because here's the thing: if a church is doing what it's supposed to be doing, yeah. and not you know being uh, deceptive, yeah. when they are utilizing songs for worship written by other artists that aren't public domain like hymns, right? Yeah. They have to pay royalties for that song. They have to pay for the rights. It's usually it's usually a one-time fee, but they have to pay money uh, to the artist or to the uh, you know, to the record label in order to have the rights to play that in their songs or, or excuse me, in their services and to utilize that for their services, right? Yeah. That's what you should be doing if you're doing it right, unless yeah. you're carving off the top and you know not 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 doing what you're supposed to which i know churches do as well yeah because that is fact when churches sing songs from hillsong or bethel or jesus culture or elevation worship i think that's what I, i think is what it's called um and there's others sprinkled in there that you know i can't remember the names of if you're doing what you're supposed to as a church you are giving money and support, financial support to those ministries that is helping them to further uh, spread the, frankly, in most cases, demonic doctrine that they are spreading. Mm. And I think we as local churches don't think about that enough. Mm. I think some people, like, it's, it's, it's a couple steps removed so it's not something that, that we really think about, yeah. but I think it's an important conversation to have. Well, yeah, on top of it, too, when it comes to uh, some certain things, um, even along the lines of, like, um, when you talk about doctrine, right? So there is a healthy way, and this is this is like a prime thing that Bill Johnson from Bethel has talked about, is this idea of kenosis, I think there's a healthy way to view the word kenosis in the Bible. Jesus does pour himself out. Does he pour out his divinity? Does he pour out um, service and love and generosity, even in his own blood to people? Absolutely. But does he pour out his divinity in order to be uh, condemned by the Father in this way? And then on top of it, so you have an unhealthy, unbiblical view of kenosis. Which is different than ketosis, which is a diet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just like to clarify that for the 
uh, dumb people in the room you're like not, me. You're not taking a urinalysis to check if you're in ketosis when you're talking about kenosis. Um, so it's you easy ha- to get out of ketosis. <laughs> not so easy to get out of kenosis. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, and and honestly, like that's like one of the first hymns that Paul has recorded about. You know, he poured himself out for us. You know, in I think Philippians chapter two talks about. You know, Jesus, he poured himself out for us in this hymn that he writes. I think that is, if you look at that from a biblical standpoint, you can have a healthy view of kenosis versus what I think a lot of heretics did in the early church, which is now reawakening. Shocker. um, Yeah. Is you are. There's no. What's the saying? There's no new doctrine. There's just old heresies. Yeah. So basically, Bill Johnson says Jesus became divine. He worked his way into this quote unquote son of son of God level, which is like, do you even Major Trinity, problem. bro? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> which is uh, yeah, which is absolutely no. Which is heretical. Um, which is a false view of Christ. Yep. Which is what cults do. Yep. I'm 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 just putting that out there. Oh well, yeah. 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 Well, then on top of it too, I mean, just go on social media. You troll you trove out the depths of Twitter sometimes and you'll find some absolutely banana stories about Bethel in which you know people who have lived in Redding, California around there have been declared over healed from cancer or you shouldn't do this because the Lord saith through me or something along those lines and it never happens you know, people have said, oh, your cancer is going to go away in six months. That person dies actually in six months um, and saying, thus saith the Lord. I think this is real. I don't know if this. Ha- OK, so I know a story, but I don't know the fallout of it in Bethel. There was a situation where I think the worship leader, one of the worship leaders at Bethel Church in Reading, their infant son died I think it was a daughter. Okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. Son or daughter died. They lost their kid. Yeah, they lost their kid in a tragic way. Yep. And they were adamant. Like, I'm talking adamant that this kid was going to get resurrected, made a spectacle of, a miracle was absolutely going to happen. And it was somewhat cringeworthy when you're reading... The grief, oh, that's putting a light. Yeah, the grief and the just not even like having lament, not even having grief. You're living in a world where you think this will absolutely happen because you think that your word carries the same power as Jesus as God. Right, because they believe that we can ascend to the level of Christ. Yeah. That because we have the we have God indwelling us, it makes us gods. Right? It's yeah. and and yeah, like it ended up like I, I followed the story because it broke my heart. Like mm-hmm. these parents lost their kid. Super sad situation. Yeah. And in any normal church, the church would come around these individuals and help them grieve. Yep. And help them process and you know, be Jesus to these people. What did Bethel do? They gathered everyone together for days to pray and to speak prophecy over this child and over her 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 parents that this child was going to raise a, yeah. raise from the dead. 
such a demonic, unloving, heretical garbage. Yeah. That is does nothing but hurt people yeah. and puts the hope of the resurrection and the and the, the hope uh, that this child is safe in the arms of Christ and it puts it it just it, it, it just it just craps all over it yeah like I was I I remember reading that and I felt I felt sick to my stomach and I was I was I was angry mm. that church leaders would dare mm. to insinuate such a thing yeah you know and that's just one example of the I mean you've got you've got grave sucking right where people oh, are laying gosh. over the graves of saints and you know you know sucking the soul the the power out of out of the individual like like this is real stuff right I I've said it before and and I'm comfortable with saying it that Bethel Bethel has proven themselves a time and time again to be a cult it is a cult they do not worship the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. They worship a Jesus of their own making. Yeah. And the way that people defend it is mm. cult-like. Yeah. The way that they uh, engage with their followers is is cult-like, and the theology of the leaders is cult-like. Like, yeah. like it is a cult at this point. So we mm. need to understand that when we are sending our dollars to these individuals, or you know, to these. Uh, Institutions, what you know, wh- however you want to say it, that money from your church, whether you like it or not, is going to further support the mission of a cult. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and we need to understand that that's what's happening when yeah. we are playing these types of music from these types of people in our churches. And I realize that that seems like a super rigid, like super like uber reform thing to say, but. At a certain point, we got to draw a line. I'll give you an even closer to home thing that's happened within the last couple of years. A guy named Sean Fucht. Oh no! Is was a former Bethel. He may even still be that former Bethel worship pastor. Tried to run for Congress, failed at that, um, and has been. I'm sure most of you have seen him. He goes around, basically goes into a town puts on a very big spectacle worship thing is very charismatic is very much like lately it's been very um, disturbing to see because he goes into cities doesn't connect with local churches doesn't rally any local pastors it is him it is celebrity it is fame it is him on a platform with other people and he's preying upon teenagers and youth he was actually here a few, a couple weeks ago I think in I remember Tacoma. That. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, like nine blocks down the yeah. street from me. Didn't like rent out a stadium or something like that. He rented like, out the the um, the Lincoln Bowl, which is a which Lincoln High School is right there. But it's the the stadium is like dug into the ground. Um, I don't know how many people went to that, but you're daggum sure that I warned people time and time again. This guy is a snake. This guy doesn't care about the local church. This guy cares about himself and his platform. If any baptisms happen, I don't know if I can trust those. I don't. I can't, I don't know if I can. We can't trust baptisms that are administered by unbelievers. <laughs> like you can't do that. <laughs> so it's like, man, um, 
I'm really concerned, not only that, but the way in which he starts to co-opt um, other extreme political organizations to quote-unquote protect him. Um, that's dangerous as well, too. Um, just the level of these certain things that come up over and over and over again. But then he'll play the front of, oh, I'm just bringing Jesus to people. I'm just doing this. There's so much deeper manipulation to it than that. That you, you know who else was claiming that? <laughs> Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And like, like they 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 will claim that they are all about Jesus and all about the gospel, right? But you dig into it a little bit and you realize very quickly that it's not the same Jesus. Yeah. It's not the same gospel. It's so, it's really, um, that movement right now has really got me worried about um, a lot of the younger generation, I think, because I think the younger generation is definitely, I mean, there's no doubt about it. As much as we joke about a vibe, and about all these things, the younger generation is taking those things and like taking them to heart. If I don't have a quote unquote vibe with somebody, they're not good. Um, so not only is it like new apostolic reformation, it's kind of like new ageism mixed in with that to a certain degree as oh, well. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just repackaged. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that sometimes, this is probably the only time that I'll ever say that an organization is somewhat of a Trojan horse. <laughs> but I think that Bethel is absolutely a Trojan horse. They will they will use the language of the gun. And this is what Colts do, uh, what Josh said. They'll use the language of the gospel and hijack it to, what, to make it what they want to do. You see that time and time again with Mormonism. You see that time and time again with Jehovah's Witness. You see that time and time again from any single organization or quote-unquote church that calls himself Christian and then you dig just not even an inch deep and you figure out they don't even worship the Jesus of the scriptures so yeah and you know we you know Jack and I hope and we believe that we've we built some street cred in proving to not be the uh, the angst, the angst, <laughs> the, the the pulpit and pen, <laughs> the discernment bloggers that are just calling everyone and everyone and you know anyone out for heresy, right? We yeah. that's not what we do, um, and we really hope that you hear the conviction that's that we have for this topic because it's you know something that's actually pretty serious, um, and something that we believe is a major problem. So. You know, a lot of arguments that I'll hear for the music, it's like, well, it just, you know, it's so moving and, you know, it makes people feel closer to Jesus and the instrumental is is really good and things like that. And, and my, my argument is like, well, all of that is useless if it's not true, right? And even if it is true, even if the words that you're reading are true, and Hillsong has put songs out where if you read them, you're like, yeah, that, that, that statement is true. You know, it's true. Um... I don't think the argument can stop there. I think we need to do better at being discerning as churches mm -hmm. and actually look at the source, consider the source of it, right? But not only that, but then when does it, when is a melody even considered quote unquote divine and good enough to yeah. use? There you go. Right? Yeah. I mean, gosh, let's be honest about this, people. God's people 
whether that be um, when the Israelites worshipped him or when Jesus came to the earth and the church then worshipped him, sang usually without instruments. So when we talk about, well, it has this good thing and it's got this going for it in this way, like, what does that even have to do with worship? <laughs> yeah. Like, Why is that the focus? Yeah. Because right now, I think what's really beneficial is when you just turn down the volume of the loudness of how much an instrumental is carrying in your local church, and you start to hear the voices of your people ring out to what you're actually singing about who Jesus is or who God is or who we are in relation to God, that is the thing that motivates me that really makes me contemplate, that really brings me into the sense of community and family versus an instrumental. Let's be honest here too. You could rip an instrumental off right now if you had any kind of mix or anything like that. And it could be catchy, right? Yeah, yeah, And sure. um, most, honestly, most of the songs that I listen to now, it's more about the instrumental. And sometimes, I I really like some certain songs that are kind of new indie rock that have great instrumental on them or something like that. But man, the lyrics are so sure. dark, dude. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, like, so like you could, but that's what brings you in. That's what you first listen to, right? So is this about the people or is this about the instruments that carry a tune? And my retort to people is this is about people, us declaring and proclaiming the goodness and greatness and, and glory of, of our God and that, de- and that shouldn't be hindered by, we have to play it this way. We have to use these instruments this way. Um, I'm more like, how are people going to be ministered to in that? If we're declaring something about who God is, how are we ministering, not only declaring this, but ministering to each other as we sing this out? So, Yeah, and I think we have a responsibility as local churches to be discerning and understand where that ministering is coming from. Is sure. it coming from a place of truth, a yeah. place of orthodoxy? Yeah. Or is it coming from a place that is a wolf posing as truth? Sure. Because they might say the same thing. Yep. But the source matters. Yep. And we need to I think do a better job at discerning that. And I mean, let, I mean this doesn't just go for worship to be quite honest. This goes for preachers, teachers, pastors, everybody. Books, Books, sermon series, podcasts. Everything. Everything. And so, and this is what is surprising to me as well too, is that person can say all the right things to a certain degree, but you go just a little bit deeper and man, you start to figure out what what they're working with is not sad. So... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we have to be good. Uh, what is it? Uh, 
Bereans. Yes. Remember the Bereans? Yeah. Right? They weighed the words of the apostles with scripture. Yeah. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Our encouragement to churches is, is consider the source. Yeah. Um, I know Hillsong's big right now. I know Bethel's big right now. And their songs are always on the top of the charts because they're catchy. Right? And they're talented musicians and they know how to pump out a good sounding song for churches. Right? Mm-hmm. But we need to consider the source. Is it worth linking arms with a cult in order to bring in modern and popular music into your churches? Well, that too, I mean... My answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then on even to go into deeper depths of it too, most of those churches are basing their philosophies off of consumerism. Yep. And so as long as we get the consumer, as long as we hook them, they're going to want more and more, and there's going to be a demand. And once we have that demand, then we're going to keep milking that demand. Yeah, because this is what's on the radio. This is what's yeah. popular. We need that in our churches, right? And and, and even churches who aren't consumer-minded, right, who yeah. might just not understand the ins and outs of Bethel and Hillsong, we would encourage you, do your homework. Look into these people. Yeah. They're dangerous, yeah. It's a cult, it's their wolves, and they might be pumping out stuff that it looks true on the surface, but consider the source. Right. I think I think I've taken this a little bit more to heart as well too, because I've started to invest my time and my energy into books and resources and stuff like that, where I know theologically I'm in the same mindset as that person reading it. Yeah. Right. Um this is a huge thing with I mean, this is another podcast episode in and of itself that I'm just going to say, but um, people who believe in eternal subordination of the sun oh, sure, or sure. something along those lines, like I am slowly divorcing myself from people that I've read before that hold that view and I'm slowly aligning myself better and better with people who hold to a more historic classical view of the Trinity and can understand things through that lens instead of um, trying to riff off of a very, very young doctrine that people have started to make and craft in their churches that affects how you view relationship dynamics within the church and also how you view not only relationship dynamics, but relationship dynamics in the Trinity and also within marriages as well, too. So, Yep, 100%, man. But. So, um, yeah, 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 I think, I think... So I think, like, what... So what we're saying, I think, too, is like, I know it sounds right now that we're being like super quote unquote harsh, but it's like, know that we do this in our quote unquote tribe all the friggin' time. Like, and I think that is super difficult because you're going to find one aspect of our, our particular Baptist tribe that is going to be more like, yeah, like let's, let's start to look at that. Let's start to really examine that. And then the other half that's like, well, they've, this has always been how it's always been. And I feel like that kind of attitude, (laughs) that's, that's not good. That's what, that's what organizations constantly say when you know that there's sometimes some toxic leadership kind of lingering around. Because I experienced that in the military. We've done this. We've always done this. We've done this. It's like, so why don't we change it? Well, we can't right. change it because we've always done it. It's like, no, we need to change that. Yeah. And they don't want to do it because they know that if they do it, 
the consumerism comes back into play. We'll lose X people. We'll lose this. We'll do that. It's like, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Right. For the sake of, you right. know, the scriptures and the truth and the gospel. So what what you win people with is what you win them to. Mm. Right. And if you are basing your your uh, your growth strategy, which I even hate that we should as churches have growth strategies. The Lord builds his church, not you. Yeah. Right. But but if you're if you're trying to do things in order to gain the 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 uh, numeric value of your church, you're gonna have to keep up in your game, man. And you're gonna have to keep keep raising that bar and it's it's a never ending pendulum that well, you are gonna have to swing on. Not only that, but think of this like this is what's actually pretty interesting, which I've seen other podcasts talk about, is that some churches, they'll do a sermon series, and then they'll niche it to, like, think about it. People right now, like, if I talk to some people, do, um, I'd be like, hey, have you seen the Da Vinci Code? Probably, like, a third of them would say, no, I haven't. What is that about? Sure. Um, and you feed root a sermon series in that, it's definitely a niche part of time. Oh, yeah. And by the way... <laughs> So I was in the charismatic, I was in charismatic churches right around the time when the Da Vinci Code came out and people were like, that was fun. And people were like, don't see it. Don't see it. Don't see it. It's like, why shouldn't I see this? And they were legitimately giving me just like, well, it's, well, it's contra biblical. Okay. But what about it is that? And if you dive deeper in the movie, obviously like, they're, yeah, paint, yeah. they're yeah, painting. They're yeah, painting. Yeah. It a, is. It is. <laughs> they're painting a a false narrative about the Council of Nicaea, and then they're painting a false narrative about Jesus and his relationship with Mary Magdalene. Um, and so it's like, but when people don't say that and just say, "Don't see it because I told you to," you're not giving me real concrete answers to be apologetically minded. When I go to my friends and say, "You shouldn't see the Da Vinci Code," why not, Jack? Uh, because it's bad, okay? It's like, no, like, it's it's wrong because they're lying. It's wrong because you're lying and you're slandering a historic confessional faith. And then, not only that, you're, you're slandering just went, what went on at a huge part of our faith, too, in the discussion of who Jesus is, so. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Like, it, I think churches, I think we... We should be striving toward theological excellence mm. in our churches and purity. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, a massive part of that in the local church is what we choose to sing. Because mm. singing is a massive part of the Lord's Day service. Mm. And we need to be very careful and very deliberate in who we are locking arms with and who we are supporting. Um, and there are plenty, plenty of other resources out there that churches can grab onto yeah. that have solid, solid work. And I'm, if, if, if you're listening, grab a pad of paper because I'm going to list some off for you. Alternatives to Hillsong, right? <laughs> um, you've got City of Light mm-hmm. pumping out amazing stuff. City of Light is really, really good. Pumping out really great congregational-minded songs. Um, Sovereign Grace Music putting out some good stuff. All right, I like City of Light better. Um, um, a band called uh, Ghost Ship. Yep. One of their, their album, I think it's it's uh, uh, Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. I think is the album. Some great songs in there. 
uh, Shane and Shane, their Hymns album, so good. Shane and Shane's pumping out some amazing stuff. Um, and he, here's one, uh, Hymns. <laughs> I love Hymns. I am a Hymns guy. I Dude, love Hymns so much. You know what I've been doing? Actually, I'm a people know me. They know that I'm super church history nerd. There's some great hymns from right before the Middle Ages started, the Middle Age period, and where a lot of early church father dudes started writing hymns. And, man, some of those are just really saturated with just truth and beauty of the gospel and who Jesus is and the glory of God. And so, honestly, you know what's funny? Recently, they just did a project. I heard about this. Um, where they tried to come up with an algorithm of what it would have sounded like if they would have sang hymns in the Hagia Sophia. Oh, I think you showed me that, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, like, the the biggest church in Istanbul or Constantinople at the time, right? And they're singing in, like, I think Latin, like, some, some psalms. And it is, like, very ominous, but they're... But it's, like, so... It's like a palate cleanser yeah. of the yeah. mind. Right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. we would encourage churches to be looking looking to other resources other than Hillsong, uh, Jesus Culture, Elevation Worship, Bethel. Um, let's, let's encourage each other to not be supporting a cult in <laughs> either financially or by locking arms with their songs. Yeah. Because I think there's some really, there's much better stuff to use and and people can say Josh that's harsh Josh that's pretty pretty exclusive like I said I think we've gained some street cred on our podcast and have proven ourselves to not be the kind that's just canceling everybody this is something that we feel passionate enough about sure. to warn people and to encourage people in the opposite direction so I hope that lends some uh, some credibility to the argument. I will say this as well too, just to go off some, um, some also some, some recommendations. So there's a guy named Matt Boswell. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Who has put on, I think he works for a couple different seminaries and basically him writing and he teaches worship leaders how to write biblically saturated hymns in a modern era. That guy is doing the Lord's work right there (laughs) because Absolutely. Some old hymns, they may seem antiquated sometimes, and I know that there is a is there there's a language divide from the King James to the modern version. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But what Matt does, you might have heard like uh His Mercy's More. That song is that hymn uh is really great. Uh maybe even during Christmas time. Um you've heard of gosh, what's that one song? There's one Christmas song primarily Christmas shoes? <laughs> um, no. Um, uh, there's a there's a there's a hymn that he talks about about the Lord condescending and coming to us. But in any case, those are really rich songs as well too that I love singing because they're taking kind of a historic look and bringing it from the past into the future and giving us a way in which we worship. And that's just. Yeah, another good recommendation. I think um, Andrew Peterson is another one, yes. too, that, that, yes, yes, that yes. I have heard of is uh, yes. putting out some really good stuff. So those are some alternative resources that we encourage you guys to look into. Um, and, yeah, um, we we hope this just kind of encourages 
more discernment in what we're allowing in our churches um, and what we're encouraging our congregations to sing um, and to support with either our funds or our voices. So, Jack, this has been a long episode that Man, could keep going on. Bringing, um, out the, uh, bringing out the long haulers. Oh, you know, <laughs> you start talking about Colts and Bethel and... You just keep talking. It just, it just, it, it never stops. It just it goes never stops. and yeah. goes. So, Jack, why don't you get us out of here, man? Alrighty. Well, if you appreciate Josh and I's uh, <laughs> theologizing over um, bad worship and and definitely heretical worship <laughs> and yeah. thought, um, please give us a follow on the sociables, uh, if you will, the Instagram. Yes. Uh, tastes great with also marshmallows and chocolate. Oh, there um, you go. Delicious. <laughs> I like um, the, uh, the Facebook, if you will, the Zuck side. Which tastes good with nothing. <laughs> Which gives you a side order of your band. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> a side order of Zuck fries. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have the the tweaker, the, the, the little blue bird, if you will. Yes. Um, so you can find all of our uh, sociable tags or social media tags at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, I'm pretty sure you can tell the lovely people about how they can be our patrons, our patrons. Our patrons. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jack and I like to think that we are not a heretical organization. <laughs> so we fully support I don't you. think we're 501. We're not even 5013C, okay? 501C3? So, no. Yes. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. But we do fully support the idea of you supporting us. Uh, if you like the uh, content that you get and our uh, attempts to encourage the centrality of the local church in the life of believers, you can for the small amount of $5 a month minimum um, or maximum, if that's what you want to do, you can become a Patreon supporter and your name will be hallowed. 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 Through the halls of this podcast give us a like and review on itunes super super easy uh even just five stars maybe some fire emojis maybe some worship hands uh get your get your bethel on and do some fire and worship hands gold dust gold dust yes (laughs) some gold dust absolutely um that would be awesome we would greatly appreciate it we thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory (laughs) 